2: And then you would go into relationships and crushes and then it was like, sex, don't do it. Hello and welcome to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Guthugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is here to expand upon prior and future blog posts and is centred around having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. Each episode I will be talking about a different topic and inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves. This podcast aims to make you laugh, think, and inspire conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. On this episode, I am joined by my best friends, Frida James and Lily Manini as we discuss sex, how we were taught sex, purity culture, and what we wished we learned. This is a fun episode filled with laughter, jokes, and so much insight, but does contain reference towards sexual assault, so please proceed with caution. But without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so for this episode, I am joined by my best friends in the whole world. They have been begging, not begging, no, you you guys were actually like some of the original people that I've wanted to be on this podcast when I thought about... Like, I'm not lying when I thought... I'm, I'm not trying to just gas you guys up. I was like, I can interview Frida. I can interview Lily.
3: But how many episodes have you had since... Girl. How many? Look. <laughs> how many Lily? Do you know? <laughs> this, is, this will be episode 11. 11! <laughs> so you had 11 other people. It's Look. Okay. Before you hinted <laughs> us. Look. Shade, no shade. I'm joking. I'm uh, happy to be here now. All right. <laughs> Introduce yourselves, because we've just
2: got straight into saying all this different stuff, but not actually introducing yourselves. So
1: please, introduce yourselves. I'm Frida. And I'm Lily. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I'm Finally. I'm the, the favourite. <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> I know. It's true. I am. Hey guys. Welcome to Miss Educate. She's going to be educating you. Re-educating. Pre-educating. We-educating.
2: Re-educating. We-educating. We educating And so, for this topic of discussion, I have invited my friends, my best friends, to discuss sex. That's right. Yeah. We're talking mm. about sex,
1: baby. we about Be- you and me. <laughs> we have to. I love this topic, guys. I think I can talk about this for life. So,
2: luckily for the three of us, we were all kind of brought up together, went to the same school, the same church, and we have similar kind of experience, and we're from the same culture as well, so we have a similar experience in how we were taught about sex. So, my first question to you guys is, how were you taught about sex? Were you given the talk from
1: your parents? Nope. The internet, man. To be honest, my mother did give me a little book. It said, my <laughs> f- it said my first, right? Why does it sound so familiar? She gave me a book. It had my first period, my first Why does pubes. it sound so
3: familiar? My first
1: pubes. Yeah, like when you start feel, like oh, seeing true, true, pubes true, true, true. on your body. My first, I love song, your all heart. about lady bits. and she, It had just this tiny little, seat, little part about if you do feel, you might feel some sort of way if you like a guy. If you see a guy that you like, this what might happened? tingle mm-hmm. this and that but my mum never sat me down and be like, oh yeah, the <laughs> she a book book <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs>
3: See, I had the internet. So when I started like before what was it um, PSHE mm-hmm. before that, was the internet Tumblr specifically, everything that I learned, which I feel like I'm grateful for because it was the most honest, mm. factual way to learn about sex there mm-hmm. was no bias there was no opinions it was just this is how it is this is your body this is what's going on and you shouldn't be ashamed of it
2: that's true that's interesting because i feel like i learned from my friends yeah i learned from my pre- friends about different things it was like i had questions well they would make jokes and snide comments and i would pretend like i knew what was going on But then it was like, it was very clear that Sarah did not get the joke. So it was like, um, guys, what does this mean? Or what does, what does that, what's this and what's that? When people are saying this, what does it mean? And they never bullied you or anything? No, they were very like, because obviously Lily was a part of that Mm. friendship group. So everybody was very like caring. But the thing is, is that I basically got sex education from like other 12 year olds. so like that's not very reliable no that's not very reliable and it's interesting because i never had the talk with my mom
3: no me neither i I think i forced her to have the talk with me i was like this is what i know Mm -hmm. this is what i believe this Mm -hmm. is how i feel you don't have to worry about it i'm not going to be doing it and she just looked at me like okay and (laughs) i said all right bye okay bye end of conversation my mom no my mom to this day at 20 me at 24 years old no she'd rather not i feel now she's a bit more comfortable talking Mm. about it because obviously i have sex Mm -hmm. (laughs) but when i was younger what i think when it really mattered and when it really counted not saying that now i don't value those conversations is that at that time a lot of the lines were blurred Mm. between faith and education when it comes to sex, mm. that often those two would like interlock, and it would have been really good to have that conversation with her, to kind of put me at ease
0: mm-hmm. and
3: not stress out too much about the whole spiritual aspect yeah. of it. It would have been nice to be like, "You're not crazy. You're not weird. You're normal," mm-hmm. and that would have been enough. Yeah, but I had to learn it on later on. So it was a big chunk of my life where it was just church. And school and the internet all kind of mixing around in my mind. Yeah. And me trying to navigate through that. Mm-hmm. And the one that won was church. Because oh, that's yeah. the one that I was mostly connected to. And that was the one that was the most damaging. Mm. So it would have been great if I had that conversation
1: with my mum. I think I think I think my mum used the book as a way to see how I would react to it and that book made me a lot more curious which then made me want to understand boys in a sense so from a young age I was always not active in that sense but I was with I was in relationships early let's say um and I don't think mum wanted me to be afraid of that yeah So she didn't stop me from being with a boyfriend or or bringing him to the house or me going over to their house. It was
3: a part of a development. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She
1: said, if that's going to happen, that's going to happen. Now with boyfriend number two, I think that's when she started to get more vocal and say, you know, like... And you're getting older. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With boys, this can happen. With boys, that happens. You can get pregnant. This can do this, this and that. So in that sense, I... I learned because mom knew that I needed to learn. Then she mm. she saw my surroundings and said, "All right, if she's actually going to be tending with Mandem, let me teach her how to to do this. Let me mm. give her the blueprint so that she can protect herself in that sense." Mm. Now it, she's a we're we're on a hot tap.
3: Also, can I say <laughs> I don't know if you want to bring up your brother, but like obviously he's older than you. Maybe she also had like practice with him.
1: I don't think so because or do you think she had like a completely different approach to you as you know a girl? Yeah,
3: and you can get pregnant. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. Because now nowadays, even the fact that my mum... me and my mom, I can call my mom and tell her about my sexual things now. I say, "Oh, mum, me and Chris did this last night. It really hurt. I'm in pain." Da, 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 da. Yeah. I don't think that my brother can have that same conversation. It's different. It's different, of
3: course.
1: I don't even think my mom knows him in that sense i'm glad Mm. you know in a sense oh i know my child inside and out my mom knows me inside and out because i tell her everything
3: but you feel comfortable too yeah
1: Yeah. she built
3: that with you
2: yeah Yeah. she built that
1: relationship you that relationship with you from early yeah yeah i think my favorite thing as well is that she likes to be nosy in your your lives as well (laughs) ours yeah my mom asked about your sex life (laughs) oh my goodness she could just call me. I'll she, tell her. She wants to know. She's like, oh, are they still getting good <laughs> sex? <And> I'm, like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, you nerdies, Oh my god. <laughs> she can call us. Maybe we need to go
3: for drinks with your mom. I
1: think so. That would be lit, Maybe she should have been on this episode too. I think so. <laughs> that would be so cool. Because the amount of times mom. that she's been saying, oh, how is your sex? How is your friend's sex? How is this sex? I'm like, mom, they're great. My whole friends, they're happy. I
3: they're like great. You.
1: Yeah good advice oh how's God.
3: your sex life See, I'm, I'm happy that I can do that with my mom now obviously I'm older but I don't know I wasn't see I lost my virginity at 23 because mm-hmm. I for the longest time I wasn't interested I my mindset was in the beginning it was wait till you get married because that's the way you do it when you're Christian mm-hmm. and then obviously the more I started to explore myself and I started gaining more knowledge I realized it's not about marriage but it's about me being comfortable me picking someone that i'm comfortable with Mm. who makes me feel good doesn't Mm -hmm. pressure me so for me it was like waiting to find that person and he didn't i did not want him be known by other people where i'm at Mm -hmm. i would have really rather it be a completely different person with a completely different life Mm. so when i met that person and we connected and we clicked and it wasn't like i love you or anything like that it was very much, you make me feel comfortable. He knew I was a virgin, that wasn't an issue. There wasn't any pressure of anything. He never expected anything from me, it was always me who initiated it, which is why I wanted it. was kind of like control in a way because mm-hmm. so often we're not allowed to have control. Mm. It's you have to wait to marriage, and it has to be with your husband, and it has to be like this, and it has to be done here. It's like, no, I don't want any mm-hmm. that. I want to know, and I will know when I know. So for me, that was great, and I think because I was much older. And I had many conversations with my mom. I think we did get to that point where we now have that conversation. It's very much one-sided though. She just listens to me, mm. and I get advice, and I like it that way. I don't think I'd want to know. Oh
1: no! I love my mom mom's business. business. <laughs> I don't. I do not want to know. Great. I'm, I'm sorry, it's, yeah. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> anyway. I think it's because we moved a long time ago from from uh, mother daughter to a sense of best friend. So sometimes whenever I talk like that with mom I do forget that oh shit you birthed me (laughs) like like,
2: yeah yeah." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: no that's the thing like it's interesting that Lily you've always had that kind of relationship with your mom or it's developed and Frida you're now having that openness with your mom because I feel like I am trying and she is very much reluctant to have these conversations with me and the thing is, is that at first, I was like, oh, it's because of this and that and religion culture. and culture and all this 100%. different stuff. And then I kind of, we had a conversation. It wasn't even about, I think it was about birth control and periods. And I was very much talking about how whatever romantic partner I'm with, I don't want to be ashamed about, like, my periods. Like, they have to know what pads or what tampons I use. Yes. They have to know because if I, in a case of emergency... Because there was one time when I was with a previous partner. I was on my period while we were together. Mm-hmm. And I kept having to be like, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. And, like, the people that were with us were like, is she okay? She's always going to the bathroom. And I was just on my period. Oh. But I just didn't want to tell him. And it felt really annoying because there was... Um, it was just... Wait.
3: Why didn't you want to tell him?
2: At, it was the start. So I just... I felt quite ashamed while I was like... Towards
3: Ashamed of what though?
2: I think that's the thing. Like, I was comfortable with my period. I, I was comfortable to tell other people, like, the female people that I was surrounded with. Hmm. I was willing to tell them hmm. and be like, hi, can I have a ta- pad? Can I have a tampon? All this different stuff. But like, even wearing tampons, it was late to the game with that. Because my mum was very much against me wearing why are tampons. so against
3: tampons?
1: I don't know why. It's because of the insertion. What is that? it's a it's a it's a like a metaphor well everything yeah you know. the thing is is you that, see, that even this... what
3: even what you use to stop bleeding and everything has to be a huge debate when it comes to us
2: that's the thing it was this whole thing and i remember just being telling my mom like my mom just telling me you know because of the way that she grew up yep with not knowing all these different things like she was told like when she went to school it was like when you had your period, you know, girls would go go missing for days because they weren't, they didn't have any like pads, pads or tampons, well, so they couldn't a go. A lot of pain, th- mm. so they couldn't go to school or like things would happen in school and the boys would tease them. Yeah, and what's it called? You know, she was like the only conversations and the only education that she got from her mum was very much like, Keep a hush. S- you know, s- be quiet, don't right. talk about it. Um, stay away from boys, stay away from men. It wasn't talking about, you know, sexual liberation and that you're a sexual being and that you're going to want to have sex as well. It was very much hush-hush, koi-koi, hush, coy, coy, don't wear this, don't wear that. Mm-hmm. And that, in combination with the church, is why, for a long time, I was just very ashamed of my period. I was very ashamed of my sexuality. I was very ashamed of a lot of different things for a really long time. And I think in that conversation that we were having my dad was here as well and i was like mom dad you know what things you you use when you're on your period and my dad was like yeah i do and then i was like this is the first time that we're being quite open mm. about this and i just thought it was interesting because my mom after the education she had from her mom she was like because of what my mom taught me i'm going to do better for my kids so that they'll be more prepared so my mom taught me about periods and stuff and i'm grateful But there was still a sense of shame around it. Mm. Yeah. And so I just thought it was really interesting that she was like, my mum did teach me this, so I'm going to do better with my kids. And I'm reacting in the same way where I'm like, my mum didn't teach me about being sexually autonomous or not having shame about my period, so I'm going to do better. And I feel like it's this interesting thing of like, kids and their parents, where it's like, I'm going to do better. I don't know. It was just a It was a moment of like empathy where I was like, I get where you're coming mm. from because it was never articulated to you. So you didn't know how to articulate it to me and I get it. And now it's just kind of like, now it's this, how do we change this? How do we yeah. break the ice between us? Because I should feel safe. Cause I remember being so jealous of my friend at uni when she was talking about how, she had a pregnancy scare, and her mum bought her the pregnancy test, what? and like they did it together, and it was like this whole thing of like being with her mum, and I was like, I could never do that, I could never do it'd that,
3: be, yeah, I, I could, I could never do that. I couldn't either, but even with Paz and periods in my family, majority of the time it was me and my mum. But when we would have family over and I'd be on my period, it'd be a Keep it quiet. Keep it hush. Don't put the pads in the bathroom. I was like, but where am I supposed to put them? Where am
1: I supposed to dispose of them?
3: Where am I supposed to put my pads? I'm in the bathroom when I use them. Am I supposed to go to the, my room, mm-hmm. grab a pad to go to the bathroom when I can just go to the bathroom and they're there? And I remember it became like a whole argument with my mom. She's like, no, they're not supposed to see it. Make sure you like clean and everything. There can't be any blood in the toilet because you don't want to like da, da da da. And I was like, I bleed, from but my like uterus. Wh- wh- <laughs> but like, why do I have to hide it? <laughs> well, she disgusting. was like, she was like, oh. We don't want them to know that we don't want them to know I'm on my period. What will happen if they know I'm on my period? And she couldn't answer me. And I was just like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be ashamed or hide my period from my cousins or my uncles. Because mm. every woman believes. Mm-hmm. Every woman goes through
1: it. Why should and I be the woman to, to and hide that's just, it?
3: That's yeah. a fact. When I said that you couldn't do that with your previous relationship, because for me, I will I'm always open. I'm like, on my period, I'm in a lot of pain, so I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep a lot. And he was just like, that's fine. And he, like, bought me everything that I needed. And then I remember just sleeping. I remember that first time when I was on my period with my previous partner. I didn't even have any pain. It was really weird. Like, I wasn't contraceptive about anything. Mm. But I think because... I think that was the first time someone's actually fully cared about me being on my period and wanted me to be okay Mm -hmm. and they want me to be in pain. I didn't have pain. It was really weird. I remember waking up and being like, I'm okay. (laughs) like, I didn't suffer. Mm. And I slept for hours straight and he was like, yeah, you just slept. And I did a bunch of stuff while he was sleeping. I was like, wow. And I felt really well taken care of, which... Not saying it didn't happen, but majority of the time when it came to my family, it'd be like, oh, she's faking it. Mm. She doesn't want to do things, so she's pretending to have really bad period pains. That's why she's doing it. But this was the first time someone, like, properly cared. And, like, it was important. Which is weird.
2: Yeah. No, it did get to a point in with my previous partner when we were very comfortable with each other, and that was practically because during the pandemic he basically lived with us.
3: So there was no choice.
2: So there was... And also, it was that point in the relationship where we got so comfortable. I loved that stage. I loved how comfortable I got with this person where I could literally be like, I'm on my period right now. Actually, it got to a point where he
3: knew my cycle better than mm. I did. Don't, you don't have to the same, but did, did they ever, like, want to see? Oh, yeah, I showed. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I am like ooh a clot he's like, like, I was oh, like yeah me. like it was
2: like a clot and he's like what do you mean a clot I like was like chunk of blood. yo I was like when it comes I'll tell yeah. you I was like hey babe babe come look this is what it looks like he was like
0: whoa I was, I was like so- yeah
2: i
3: thought we were weirdos <laughs> nah we were weird i bet like, this is what a pad is this is what a pad looks like when it's full. like this is the back of it he's like wow so you have to change it, it smells a bit funky yeah. and i'm like look in the toilet and be like
0: whoa i'm like i know
3: it's scary especially when you're out and about it's scary <laughs> it's scary it's scary <laughs> okay i thought i was so weird because no because he would be so curious because again he's a dude that's the thing men
2: are so curious about the female body
1: they really are.
3: Yeah.
2: They really are. I love that by the way. I I think that's great. I
3: really love that.
2: As long as you're open to learning as well. Yeah.
1: Open to learning, that's the word. That's when the I say key you're not
3: doing thing. it right, did you ever have to explain like period diarrhea and period pain? Poo- yeah. Oh my god. That like, little crap I've... that you get in your booty and you're like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm sorry, but like when I'm on my period my thoughts, they're dead. <laughs> Mine don't. And I can't that's help, the help only it. time they don't smell. And I cannot help it. So if I'm fighting,
1: Sorry. it's not me. <laughs>
3: Sorry. It's not Sorry. me. And he used to rub my belly. No. And that was the best. And my back. Oh, yeah. Everyone oh should, get God, boy- like, should get a Everybody Oh my get away
2: from period. me when I'm on my period. I'm like, don't
3: no. touch me. But then at the same time, I was like, why are you not touching so me? No, I love it. No, I love it. I'm like, yes, take care, take care of me. Bring me food and my whole my hot water bottle, mm-hmm. go out and buy me some chocolate. I love
0: that.
3: That was like the first one I've ever probably been taken care of. Like, was on my period, and it was great. I highly recommend getting a boyfriend when you're on your period. Yeah, it's all right, rent yeah. a man <laughs> for your
1: period,
2: for your period, for those my awkward period. family dinners.
3: Just
2: <laughs> <to> <laughs> for that little um Instagram story thing where you have the person's arm in it and you're like. And you're your so friends are light. like, "Who's that man?" Yeah. And
3: you're like, "Who's that man?" I don't have like to do that. Just to take a picture of drinks, and people are like, ugh. and I'm like, I know. <laughs> lol, no." Okay, back. So there was
2: it. one time I took a picture of my housemate. So many people were like, "Who's that? Is that your man?" And I was like, "He's not my man." <laughs> <laughs> and now he won't even pick up the phone when I call. I actually thought, mm, "Nah, I'm not even gonna go into it because I'm gonna get emotional because I really love that man. Oh, <laughs> he was great. He was a he was such a great person." Such Sam. a great person. What are you doing? I know you won't even answer my phone. Calls. Oh, awesome. My uni friends know what I'm talking about. Because we tried to call him, but he's. Oh, oh, so it's all of you It's not just you. But yeah. He's not talked to me. That sounds like Is a snake. Is he
1: live? I hope so. Don't say that. <laughs> That's.
2: He's listening to. He's been listening to the podcast this whole time, and he's,
1: he's like, like oh, "I'm so... here." <laughs> no, just... because what if something happens? Is
3: he could like, be yeah. in a coma?
2: No, because he posted when? He posted like a few weeks ago, a picture of him, and I sent it to the group chat. And i was like, guys! He's alive. Okay. Look at my little handsome man. He's so handsome. Look at him. Wow. Love that man. Love him so much.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
2: Anyway, we really have digressed. Yeah. This Sorry, this whole time That was my okay. bad. But I guess my next question would be because we all went to the same church. How did church teach us about sex?
1: It didn't. Bro. Traumatized. <laughs> they
2: alive. taught us
1: how to not have sex with no. their dead ass stories all the time. But
3: did it work though? But did it
1: work? No. no. Nah, definitely not. I think they just got it definitely so wrong. Not. All this preaching of sex. Of purity. not having sex, yeah, sorry, culture. of purity, mm-hmm. culture, yeah. in a world where sex is outside the door. If they were smart, they would have taught us about homosexuality, how to treat it, how to look at it. Not shame it, not shun it, how to view it as their literal neighbours, yeah? Yeah. Period. Another Another thing would have been, okay, cool, if you do ever feel them kind of ways of being gay or whatever, this is a good scripture to go to, let's go to that. However, the Bible also says that sex is good. Mm -hmm. they act as though like it doesn't say that to have pleasure is perfect to this and that is doing good it says that there's all the blueprints in the bible now church said alright cool I'm gonna take that put a little spin on it and put not in Mm. front of sex I think especially as a woman
2: and as a young girl being taught about sex it was very much this idea of that we weren't supposed to find pleasure of our own. Yeah. Mm. We weren't supposed to desire it. It was supposed to be something that was given to our, our husbands. Because mm. I'll never forget this one specific person that was literally like, I was so happy when on my wedding night I gave my husband this amazing Ooh. gift that I had not given anyone else and I just remember being like feeling so disgusting within myself I hadn't done anything yet I was a kid Mm. and just feeling really disgusting within myself because I was like but what if I want it what if I what if I want the I want a gift because I was a kid I was just kind of like I want I want to give
3: wait how old were you I think I don't know I've was this just like a normal service or was this like no the this was like
2: the youth service Ugh, Oh, gross. and she was very much like you know your virginity is like this delicate flower, flower. and that Every analogy person you have sex
3: with is one petal
2: yeah they take it
3: from you and or this what idea. was the other one why would you give one there Was a whole bouquet a
1: chewing gum one but honestly if, if that's the analogy Always and if that's the analogies. truth yeah if that is the truth in in scientific speaking that sex is a flower, why would you wanna be giving a whole person the whole field? It's my thought process. Like understandable? understand what I love you, yeah. yeah. But still by the time you've reached the last flower it's dead, no?
3: It's just it's, <laughs> it's just wrong the way that they confused the act of sex and purity culture and God. It became less about God and just about sex. Mm-hmm. and about controlling kids having sex and how much they know about sex and how much they know about their bodies and you see the result of it because you see so many young people jumping into marriages at a young age just to have sex when it's like the dangers of doing that is you end up in abusive relationships or some women even can't have sex because the guilt has been manifested for so long mm. now they're unable in- to and then they have you have husbands forcing that on their wives even though they, they they don't want to because they're filled with so much guilt i know when i was young and i was masturbating it filled me with so much guilt mm-hmm. because there's so much pressure and shame when you do like even thinking lustfully even the word lust was a bad thing and it's like you're punishing yourself as a young person for thinking these things that are natural mm thinking these things and doing these things that you do at that age. Every animal. Because does. you are a hormonal teenager. Mm. And mm. if someone just was like you're a hormonal teenager and these thoughts aren't evil, they're natural, they're normal, you're growing and developing into a well rounded person mm-hmm. then that could have saved so much self hatred, shame, embarrassment thinking i wasn't good enough i wasn't worthy enough or i was dirty like all of these things at a young age because my body was doing what my body was Mm. supposed to be doing Mm. i was very normal actually Uh, very normal very normal Mm. and doing that oh my thought went away
1: sorry in terms of in terms of of masturbating and all of them things when i was younger did i do it i don't even know what i was doing when i was younger i I was actually i was just i just doing to do it you know but in terms of that did it change me or was i still the same person that's the question do you think doing that then is what made you into who you are now masturbating and feeling them feelings and being that person
3: it's honestly, masturbating or feeling horny is like being hungry. Exactly. You're hungry, so you eat, and then you're full. Mm-hmm. But you're full. So when you masturbate, you're horny. You're like, oh, I finally mm-hmm. what you feel. Good. Let me do it quick. And then you're done. Like mm-hmm. You're not then like crawling across the street, begging the first guy you see to, to have sex with you. No, it's just like you just do it. And, it's, okay, maybe the hunger analogy isn't the best, because when it comes to that feeling, you might get distracted and, and forget that you were. But you're still going to be horny in the future. Mm. Or an hour later, or two hours later. I think what was the problem was afterwards and that feeling of guilt and that God hated me. That was the problem. Mm. It wasn't actually the act of doing it. It was the self-hatred. And I've always thought when it comes to God, the best way to love God is to love yourself. Mm. That is the ultimate way to love God. Is to love yourself. And to take care of yourself. Mentally and, and physically. Mm. that's how you worship God that's how you love God because self-hatred and hate isn't from God no. God doesn't want you to hate yourself God wants you to love yourself and see yourself the way that he sees you as a perfect being that he made so all of that fear and hatred that's not from God that's from the church mm. that's from purity culture mm. telling girls that their bodies Aren't theirs. Mm-hmm. Their body belongs to the husband. Not even to God. Mm. Yeah, your body. To your husband. To your husband. And even before it belongs to your husband, it belongs to your parents. It baffles me. So that's my problem with it. Is that we were told all these random analogies, all these different meta the chocolate cake, you know. The everything. LH, everything but the truth Don't touch of. The cake. You are a human Don't being. Eat the cake. You're a young.
2: Teenager, touch the frosting.
3: You're <laughs> feeling hormonal, right? Don't. I'm not saying don't have sex. That's definitely up to you and your choices. Everyone has different relationships. Everyone has different experiences. But I wish someone was just like, sex is not that deep, because it's really not. You're too young to fully understand and comprehend what sex is. Wait until you're at that maturity, where you're at that level, at that age, to fully understand what you're doing. And here's how you fully protect yourself.
2: Mm, to fully Because we're not told it. how to protect ourselves. Mm. We weren't told about contraceptions. We weren't told about I mean, that came safe
3: with, sex. That came out with school. Yeah, that came with school. But we also needed it from from church. church. 100%. Mm-hmm. Not even that. More like, not even just like the contraceptive part, but more about the emotional part. Who are you doing it with? Does this mm-hmm. person really care about you? Are they older than you? Especially for girls, you have older people pressuring you and, mm-hmm. and luring after you in church. Yeah you know, who are you with? Does this person really care about you? Here are red flags you need to look out for for someone who's trying to manipulate you into mm. doing it.
1: Mm.
3: Are they using these type of languages? If you really loved me, then mm-hmm. you would do it. If you really cared about me. Those are the things that you need to to teach and young also, people. It's about,
2: especially for girls, I feel like what something that I really would love to teach young girls or for young girls to know, especially if you're growing up in the church, is this idea that like sex is about you too. mm Cause I feel like a lot of time, women and us girls, we abdicate the rights to our bodies, and we're just like, all right, take me, right? Just have my body. Mm-hmm. Like taking, he took my virginity. Mm. Why is he the one taking your virginity? Oh, why can
3: I give no, also, I'm this, gifting him my virginity. Yeah,
2: I'm gifting him my virginity. This idea and this construct of virginity is so, it's so um harmful. It's so dangerous. dangerous just so many people as well that's why i stopped using that language of like virginity and i'm a virgin and this stuff and like that that, because it's so it's 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 not a real thing one and two it's also very harmful because when we say so and so is not a virgin what about people that have been assaulted Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. what about
2: their choice what about yeah people that it wasn't their choice are they not a virgin also how far because there are some people that are like i'm a virgin but i've done anal and i've done this and i've done (laughs) that and it's like okay and then there are other and then it's also like what about um people that don't penetrate Mm. you know in in the lgbtq plus community like when penetration isn't there is that are they virgins because they've never been penetrated yeah I think also like and consent, we, we are not taught about consent in More the church, in and we bit. really need to be taught consent. Yeah, but I guess also yeah. like the double standard, because I feel like when we were having those conversations in the church, because there was always a section, and it was always in February that we would always around get Valentine's these, Day. Yeah. around Valentine's Day, we would always have a section about relationships and stuff, and it would always start off really soft with like friendships.. <laughs> Aren't they wonderful? Those, those are and, relationships. And then you would go into relationships and crushes. And then it was like, sex. Don't do it. But yes. I feel like <laughs> literally, <laughs> and that's it. And period. Some and then the discussion, <laughs> Jesus at the center of it. That one is oh, special. That one is That's fresh-y. a banger of a song. But after you've just been told, don't have sex, you're like, um, okay. <laughs> But I feel like there was definitely a double standard because I feel like when we were taught sex as girls, it was very much delicate Flower, the chocolate analogy, all these different things. While as boys were like, all right, yeah. Treat those girls with respect. They are like my daughters. They are your sisters in Christ. Don't touch them. Was it really? It was that. I That's never,
3: it. I know oh, That dude. was
2: it. It wasn't even. And the thing is, is that those boys, did they ever respect us? Mm-mm. Absolutely not absolutely not and if I grew up with you and you're like what are you talking about don't even lie Mm -hmm. don't even lie because none of you respected us (laughs) am I lying I don't even care if people hear this because it's the truth it It is is. true because some of the things that were said about certain people the way certain situations were handled from leadership and from the way the actions of the young men was shameful 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 You're telling
3: the truth. It's all truth. And it's
2: so sad because those young men grew up to be older men in their 20s going into their 30s Mm. and you just wonder, are you still respecting... And these people are now getting married, you know? Mm. And the way you used to treat us and the things you used to say about us behind our backs or about other people, what happened? Mm. And this whole idea of, I'm very against this don't treat her like this. She's your sister. She's... What if it was your mum? Why does it have to be a relationship to mm-hmm. you what and kind then ch- you will give them respect? Yeah. That's our person. Point blank period. Give them respect. Yeah. But yeah, we're not taught about consent mm-hmm. in church. I, I hope it's different now. I can only hope and pray that it's different yeah. for people growing up in the church.
3: I'm not hopeful. <laughs> I'm not hopeful at all. Not really.
1: I think especially, uh, I'm kind of on your bandwagon, only because on the series of, even before Jiggy ended mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, they were always on about the same thing. Nothing changed. That same chocolate, that same yeah. fridge, that same storyline, that same this and that. So they were it,
3: always so afraid to have these conversations. Even, yeah, even, even when it was
1: brought to them. Exactly. Even in, our, even in our church, in our congregation, the same story, Sarah. You know how I can recite them stories word for word you know how i can recite word them word stories for word. Yeah. so all i'm saying is in that sense yeah i don't think they're as of now going to grow in that sense especially knowing the church that we came from all mm. of the youth all yeah. of the people from our age group at a decent range above have gone mm. so there's only the the group that are dedicated to what they've already been saying
3: exactly mm. what they've taught yeah what they've been taught so
1: that all they need to do is still repeat repeat repeat, repeat, repeat. because they're still the people that are going to listen and there's still new people to hear i don't think that they're going to now say oh yes i'm going to change the strategy so on january on february we're not going to talk about that they had a malteser one as well once yes, yes. The, oh, the
2: Malteser. Oh. i
1: forgot that came back to me
2: that was actually torture <laughs> that felt
3: like torture no but even though like going on with what off what, what you said lily Even when people would challenge and bring suggestions, they were always met with no's, Mm. they were always shut down. We know people who went into leadership when it came to the youth, and they obviously wanted to change things and have these conversations. Were they ever allowed to? Mm. No. No, even for us, we never had these conversations during youth, it'd always be when we would break off into our own groups and have Mm. our own meetings, then did we have those conversations. And I'm so grateful that we had older girls who knew and had, you know, read and explored and experienced things that they could then share what they had learned with us, way more than what we were learning in youth. And I think we're lucky for that because we became more well-rounded and more informed. But we were lucky. The others weren't so much. Yeah. And if they were so quick to shut down the people who really wanted to, like, make a change, I doubt they would do it willingly. Mm. Mm or they'd even think to do it. Mm. So that's why I'm saying I'm not hopeful cuz it's like there's, there's a status quo always has been. That's so true. Be, I think that cuz it works.
1: Yeah, there was a part where Sarah was a bit more in the ch- involved in the church than I was. And and <laughs> she I was wanted the to girl. yeah, I wanted to be <laughs> Look like at her. Me now. <laughs> Look at us now, eh? We love Look at it. it. <laughs> I wanted to be like Sarah. I wanted to be it's only because we were so close that I just wanted to literally be standing next to her everywhere um, and to hear the no's that I heard I came to the consensus as it was because I have and had a partner yep. during them times One
3: mm-hmm. hundred. I was
1: interviewed and I was told I was no I wasn't told I was simply asked have you got a boyfriend and is he Christian I said yes I said no that's the last thing I heard about that of them I don't think that they wanted to enter me into that grooming sense, into that, into that world of wonder they would say, because I didn't fit a critique that they wanted to teach. They yeah. didn't want to. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't really not talk. I couldn't listen to being a virgin or not having sexual activities mm. if I already had a non-Christian who's saying the same things.
3: Mm.
1: You know, mm. I couldn't listen to them preaching purity or preaching whatever to be non-active or to not have them and to not have them thoughts or them wants or for for them to even choose a person for me i couldn't give them that so the church said you're not the right fit for it
3: because we can't mold you to be what Mm -hmm. we want
1: yeah i can't mold you to not want to have sex i can't mold you into not wanting to be what's the word of the world yeah what's the word you know when you're worldly? secular oh ah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i wasn't i wasn't ready to be holy in a sense i couldn't be as holy i couldn't be holy for them so the church said now nah, you're too much of a sexual being you gotta go
3: but that's the thing with the church is that it's purely for looks it's purely just to fit an image mm-hmm. a perception of what it is to be a christian i mean you could have done all those things i mean you could have lied but you didn't lie you were truthful you were honest mm. And they didn't like that. And that's the
2: thing. As somebody that did fit and was the poster child, was it a place that I could ask these questions? Was it a place where I could have a voice? Was it a place I could grow? Because when I did think that and I thought, oh, I am the exception to the rule, when I did raise my voice against things that I did not believe in, I was quickly shut down and casted out. Like, very quickly. To the point that now... There have been a few times I've gone back because, again, I don't hate God. I love Mm, God. mm. I will always love God. We love
3: God. I will
2: always try to read my Bible and strive towards having that relationship with God. But the times I've been back, so many people... The people that cast me out, basically, by doing these manipulative strategies of, like, taking things away from me and being like, oh, she's not here anymore. As soon as I came back, sometimes to just visit and to see or accompanying my parents, they'd be like, oh my God, where have you been? And I was like, you were the same person that literally gaslit me, mm. tore me down, mm. to the point that like, again, I'm not being dramatic when I say this, I had to go to therapy for it, because there was so much shame, there was so much guilt, there was so much trauma, things that I hadn't, it, like, it didn't even register, some of the things that like we went through was trauma. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Like, it was very traumatic. And, like, I had to step back because it was like, nah. Like, even when you are the, the golden child, even when you are the one that follows the rules, do you have a say? Do you have a voice? Mm-mm. No.
1: You still can't feel what your feelings you Yeah, can't... you
2: can't ask the questions. And that's yeah. the thing, is because, especially when I went to uni, I think because I was this, you know, this goody goody two shoes the whole time, I rebelled a lot. And I did what I wanted to do. I just went crazy. I went wild, especially (laughs) in my first year. I went crazy. I went wild. And I remember when I was having these experiences for the first time, and they weren't safe. And it was very like things that I should have known but didn't because I wasn't equipped. Because I wasn't equipped. And that's the thing, the church is supposed to equip you. It's so dangerous. And I was not equipped. And I had so many dangerous experiences that now I was like, that could have been prevented if you had told me about contraception if you had told me about consent if you had told me about birth control oh wait I said contraception but still like if you had told me about these different things if you told me about getting tested for mm -hmm, you know STIs if you told me about all these different things if you just told me if somebody had just been open with me about it maybe I would have been more at least a little bit more equipped maybe I still would have done the crazy things I
3: did maybe informed but more informed yeah. I think that's the saddest part and the most irresponsible part is that churches especially youths have the platform they have the money the time the influence the influence on so many young people to give them this information make them feel more comfortable more knowledgeable about things that they want to know because these kids want to know these things I'm hundred mm. percent they want to know they're curious about these things and then they just groom them to feel insecure and fearful to ask questions fearful of being excluded fearful of n- being labeled dirty or wrong or sinful or any of those other things where they they go into the world completely unprepared mm. unaware unprepared and uneducated to handle really serious real life situations
0: Mm.
3: and it's so sad it's very sad it's so sad that instead of creating loving spaces for communication and growth instead it's a place where you're fearful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right you have all this love all this talk of love and god but the underlining is fear and it's sad because you you have kids who go to uni and then they're just, oh they don't even know what to do yeah Me. <laughs> they they don't have their church they don't have their family yeah. everything that was a security when they were younger is gone and they realize I don't know anything so who can they turn to It's true because I felt like I could
2: separate myself mm. so I could separate myself as when I went to uni I could separate myself into because I did find a church and I could separate myself into the Sarah on Sunday and the Sarah from Monday to Saturday night. Sunday morning, I could separate myself into those two people, and I couldn't be like I couldn't be myself as a whole. I had to separate myself into these two different identities, and I was very good at doing it, but it was very exhausting. Mm-hmm. And there was always shame when I was living this other life, the Monday to Friday. There was so much shame because what's it called? I remember even when I had my first kiss, which was not a great first kiss like, I remember when I, sorry to that man, um, when I did have my first kiss, I remember afterwards, like, being in, because at first I was really giddy, because I was like, oh my god, I've just had my first kiss on my days. I didn't know it was going to be like that, but then afterwards this, like, overwhelming shame fell over me, and I remember Mm. just being like, like, wiping my mouth and being like, oh my god, wasn't I supposed to say that for my husband too? Like, I just felt really Mm. wrong and disgusting. Mm. And it was honestly it was I think it wasn't until I actually went to therapy and I told my therapist all these experiences and I remember just being like oh she's gonna think I'm such an idiot for making a big deal out of this stuff like she's gonna be like it's fine it's not that big of a deal but she was like no these things matter to you these things made you feel shame and like I was telling you guys like earlier on in the kitchen like a lot of these experiences that I was sharing with her she was very much like I'm not condoning it, but you need to accept that this is what has happened.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: This is where you are. And yeah, just accept and acknowledge that this is what has happened. These are the experiences. Not all of them are great. Yeah. But this is where you are. And she she never once was like, yeah, girl, do whatever you want. Da, 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 da. This was right. This was like she was like, I'm not gonna say all these were safe. I'm not gonna say all these were X, Y, Z. But I'm going to accept the fact that these were your experiences and this is how it made you feel. feel. Mm. Yeah,
3: because your feelings are valid. Because
2: your feelings were valid. And that did so much. And I remember even writing down all my experiences and being like, a lot of this was a lot of the person that I was with exploiting me and Mm. exploiting this situation and exploiting the lack of knowledge that I had Mm. to get me to do what they wanted to do. A lot of it was manipulation and then there were other experiences where it was really beautiful, but I couldn't
1: see how beautiful it was because there was so much shame. Oh, that's a shame. There was um, uh, one person from church who I'm thinking about, and I'm just wondering how. Like the Their, their, their storyline, in a sense, Stinging sister, mm. uh, and she had her baby. Mm. Um, in a sense of, the church. They, she was a part of the church back then her, her mom was everywhere she was everywhere and then she had the kid and she ghosted mm. until the kid was like five mm. i was just wondering now i'm thinking raw who was there for her mm. was there anyone that she got to speak to about this because i bet the whole church looked at her like she was you know people
3: who say that they care about you yeah because you did something you know not even did something something natural happened
1: natural you had Mm.
3: something that everyone Everyone does does. outside of
1: marriage it's 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 a sin it's shunned it shouldn't be happening it's this and that but not for me honey get it wet get it good
3: not even that do you remember like another couple who the church was kind of like side-eyeing them a little bit because they were together yeah together
1: yeah
3: oh yeah yeah and they they were supposed to lead um youth. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like they were the ones who were gonna inherit it next. Yeah, after yeah. After them goes left. left. Yeah. Well, because they weren't married.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Then it was that opportunity just went to another to a married couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were the worst. They were they the was worst. Oh God, it was so bad. Enemy number one.
2: <laughs> nah, the woman from them. That one was. That one was. Whoa. Whoa. If I
3: start speaking. If I start
1: speaking Facts will be told I wish, I wish we could These name names These would be grown. Oh my name Trust names. me
3: But we can't But yeah They, they would have been amazing They would have been But then they ended up Taking a step back And it wasn't until A couple of years later When they did get married And had a kid Then they were welcomed
1: back Fully accepted No that's so savage Sex really shouldn't be That's it, what I
3: mean It should be about God But because sex came in And purity culture came in mm. And all of that it became less about people who were good. People no, who I'm saying right.
1: that d- sex isn't in red. It doesn't have a red bubble around it. It doesn't have a devil horns. It doesn't have... But
3: that's more people. That's more human than it is God in the Bible. I don't even think sex is mentioned that much in the Bible.
1: It's mentioned once and it's not mentioned in a bad way. God doesn't say don't have sex because I said so.
3: Sometimes it's actually mentioned
1: it a does lot say of it. times. And it's mostly like
2: sexual immorality. More against that. It talks about, like, the union between a man and a wife. But yeah. But it's more like the joining of two families. I know somebody that's, like, a theologian is listening to this and being like, well, <laughs> in chronological order, it's Genesis t- 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 to <laughs> Revelations. I'm
3: just <laughs> saying in that really big book, that really big book, I don't think sex is mentioned more than God's love for us or the things that God has done for us or Jesus' love for us mm-hmm. or being a good person. Mm. There's way more about that than there is about sex. But... Churches like to focus more on that because that's the, shame most, and and shame the and most shame and not even the most important parts. Like we said, no. consent mm-hmm. and all of that good but stuff. But it's
1: because sex is the most worldly thing. It happens from humans to because insects obsessed. to even plants. Plants have sex to have children. Hy- hy- what's it called? Photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. hypothesis. Hypers- <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't think that's what that is. <laughs> Photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. Is not that. That's, they're having sex with themselves. They're recreating. <laughs> We reproducing reproducing <laughs> again a scientist is listening to this and is like I
2: so right. <laughs> <laughs> don't really
1: know where but I'm saying within every being every life. has a yeah. sexual thing to whether recreate for their own their own uh, family tree
2: yeah
1: or for the need of to do it when a dog is a child when a dog's a puppy and they start humping everything they say oh it'll grow out of it it's just a teenager oh it's just doing that oh it's alright now it's gonna give babies. That's when they're trying to chop the balls. <laughs> but I'm saying,
2: <laughs> where is this
1: going? Where is this going? <laughs> I'm saying that now, even a dog knows to do it. It's just to, it's just humping a tree.
3: Yeah,
1: it's yeah. just going off and, and it's a natural act. That everyone it's does so natural. Point.
2: Not everyone, but that's mostly. the thing, though. We're able to accept that animals do it. We're even able to accept that men do it and that men will think about it. But we're mm. not able to accept that women women do it and And then women are sexual beings and women are autonomous in the bedroom and women will say honey you're not doing that right i don't feel the thing like why do we have to fake it why should we fake it i guess also like as we were talking about it i kind of thought about you know in netflix's big mouth Mm. with the shame the shame monster yeah when that storyline was on, I was like 100% this is how I felt when I was a teenager. I felt like there was this shame looming over me, leeching off me, and was being fed so much by how much shame oh, yeah. that I felt. But I guess also like as we wrap this up, because we've been talking for a long time, um, what would you then say? Oh, only for an hour. Um, what would you say to young Girls
1: growing up, whether in the church or not, mm. um no just young people in general. So, as Sarah said, I was one of them friends who gave her advice on nonsense. It's only because <laughs> it's, only, <laughs> it's only because I needed that though. Yeah, that's
2: why I always came to you because I needed someone that wasn't gonna make me feel
1: shame. Yeah. No, I couldn't make you feel that. And so I did shenanigans. We did I had a friend. Yeah. Then
2: allow
1: me not to yeah. shame. i'm one who is an advocate to live life if you're gonna live it you're gonna learn it you don't learn until you live Ooh. yeah my mother taught me best and she told me this fact she told me this for a fact she said lily you only know once you've done it you can't know about how, how many of you people out there watch porn and know how it feels like i don't think so you need to know what it feels like you need to be in that sense you need yeah. to if you want to know what rain feels like you're going to go outside and get wet if you want to know what the sun feels like you're going to go on them beach and get them rays honey just like how if you want to go get that sense, of sense of, be safe always have consent know who you're doing it with be with people who you genuinely want to be around and who you want to share that time with because that is time spent you need to spend it wisely or else you're going to be in the same situation as we all have been, sitting on the bed thinking, what the hell did I just do?
0: Mm-hmm. Why
1: the hell did I just do that? Looking at the time and saying, did I really just waste my time like that? This and no, this is your time. Make it wisely. And then you're not
2: even enjoy
1: it. That's what I mean. Oh. That's the time where you have to take you yourself seriously. It. Do it and do it, with, do it with pride. I would do, that's what I would say. I ain't, I ain't someone who says hide. I'm not someone who says run away. I'm not someone who says, oh yeah, just because the world says so, you shouldn't do that. No. If you're going to learn to ride a bike, you're going to fall a few times. You're going to fail. You're going to be awkward in them first situations. No one's going to know what to do. No one ever knows what to do in sex. No matter how equipped you are, no matter how many times you've had sex, if you're in that same room first time with that other person, you're lost.
2: That's the thing, because everybody is different. Every body, literally body, is different. What you derive pleasure from is different and so it's about learning and being able to be in a space where you can learn
1: don't be afraid to know yourself don't be afraid to touch yourself don't be afraid to to want yourself
3: Mm. i was gonna say that i think i have like three things to say to people or to young girls or young men one is to know yourself look at yourself in the mirror look between your legs Look at your back, know your body, see your body, accept your body, love your body because it's yours and it's the only one you're going to have. So who else should know more about your body than you? Mm. Number two, I'd say your feelings and your hormones, they're going to come and go and they're 100% natural. Mm. You're not crazy. Mm. You shouldn't be ashamed to feel that way. Mm. It'll come and go. It's fleeting. There's obviously healthy amounts and unhealthy amounts. But you'll figure it out and you'll 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 get there. And number three, just trust yourself. You know yourself best. If it feels good and you feel comfortable with this person, then you do it. If you don't feel comfortable, then you don't feel comfortable. Don't ever force things. Don't ever f- do something for someone else. It has to be because you want it. It's because you want it to happen. And it's because you trust this person. That's what I would say.
2: Mm.
3: I guess the last
2: thing that I would add on is... I don't think any of us are necessarily necessarily saying to like a sixteen year old out there like go have sex do hello do whatever you want woo no. get pregnant I actually would
3: not advise that at all like none of what did you say am I what do you mean who said that who <laughs> <Other> said <than> that <laughs> I wouldn't
2: no. like we're not necessarily saying that. But I'm going to, what I, I think we are saying within this episode is that we're accepting the fact that as young people, you are growing into your sexuality, you, mm. are, you are becoming or learning more about yourself as a sexual being. Acknowledge that. Learn about that.
1: Love um, it. Love go it.
3: With the pro, go with the flow.
2: Don't feel shame or don't allow people to make you feel shame about it. Um, your feelings are normal. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I'm not condoning it. I'm not condoning any of the things that you say, so please don't be like, well, Sarah, i Mr. listening a podcast that I listen to so that I could do whatever I wanted. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when you do get to that stage, when you, are like, at that uh, at that position where you are like, yeah, I'm ready, and I trust this person, and we're both consenting, when you are at that stage, just know that like there's no shame to feel about it Mm -hmm. this is a normal thing this is a normal human thing that a lot of humans do and yeah and also like even if you are at an age where you're married and you're getting married and you're having these issues like that's also something not to feel shame about if you grew up especially in the church because I know a lot of women get to a place in their marriage where they are not enjoying sex it's something that is very scary for them your feelings are very valid and you mm-hmm. may feel it's scary to share that with your partner because obviously the way boys were taught about sex in youth very is different. very different to how girls were taught about sex in youth. That is okay. If you, Whether you waited till marriage or you didn't wait till marriage, you were still a valuable and worthy human being. Mm-hmm. You were desirable, you were not less than and you were not more than
3: and yeah
2: have good sex guys I'd also add on
3: that sex is not just physical it's also mental Mm. and if you're not well taking care of yourself mentally or feeling 100% comfortable I don't think you'll ever really enjoy sex you have to be really truly honest with yourself with what you want and how you're feeling and like I said don't force it if it's a no and you're not feeling it then it's Mm. a no so yeah, you are a worthy human being whether you've had sex or whether you haven't, whether you waited, whether you didn't, whether you do it with a, a man or a woman, by yourself, you're a valu- valuable human being. Mm.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Sarah said it best, have great sex.
3: <laughs> and wear a condom <laughs> yeah. and get tested. Please regularly. No. Not once a year. <laughs>
2: Thank you so much to my best friends. Thank you so much, Lily and Frida, for being on this episode. I love you guys. I love you so, so, so much. Um, I think it's interesting just, like, listening back because I think everything that Lily and Frida said was definitely something to really think about and ponder over and also our different experiences and our different, like the differences in our upbringings, even though we kind of grew up in the same culture, in the same neighborhood. Yeah, it was just interesting to see how different our upbringings were. Um, I guess there were just a few things that I kind of wanted to clarify and also a few observations that I made. I think the first observation that I made was I thought it was quite interesting listening back to the things that I said and the way I phrased certain things because I feel like even though I was the one that literally... I was the one that said to my friends, I said, guys, I want to do an episode on sex and how we would talk about sex and I want to do it with you guys. How do you think or how do you feel? And they both said yes. And I think it's interesting that even though I was the one that proposed this idea, even though I was the one that kind of was yeah, had thought about this idea for a long time, I was still quite hesitant with the phrase. I was very coy. I was very kind of like a politician at times, of the way I was talking about things. Cause it was like, I don't wanna give too much away. I don't wanna say yes. I don't wanna say no. I don't wanna give it because of X, Y, Z and ABC. And you know, the ways I've been brought up and whatever and what have you, I, I just thought it was an interesting observation that how I wanted to say things without saying things. And I think that is a testament, not just to how I grew up, but to how it still affects me now, even though I am in this kind of journey of reclaiming, re-educating. And I guess what I want to say from this is that like sometimes even with the things that we were even though we you may be on a you know a journey with yourself and you're like I was told this and it was wrong like still have grace for yourself there are still going to be times where I don't know it's just hard to to open up it's hard even when you know that the way you were taught it was wrong it's still going to be hard to get out of the training that you were given in your formative years. I think the second thing that I wanted to kind of touch upon that I didn't necessarily discuss because I'd completely forgotten about it was when we were talking about the concept of virginity. So I watched, I think it was like an interview, I'm not sure. However, Shan Boudrum, you know, a certified intimacy expert, Uh, on one of the videos on her YouTube channel, was talking about, instead of using this concept of virginity, especially because of people that, you know, were assaulted and it wasn't their choice, um, used, instead of using the term of virginity because of how damaging it is, used the word instead or used the concept of a sexual debut. So she was basically saying, I believe it was Shan Boudreaux. If it wasn't, I'm going to be so annoyed with myself because I think I've been saying it was Shan this whole time. It may have been another podcast that I listened to. I'm really sorry. I'll try and find it. And if I do, the the conversation will be on my website, on the Miseducate website. But if it is not, um, anyway, we're going to go with it because I heard it was sexual debut and it was basically... The term "base" is really empowering because it allows you to say to define that, even despite what has happened to you in the past, despite what was stolen from you, despite what how people exploited you and treated you, you still have the autonomy and the right to decide when you had your sexual debut. And I just think that that is such a beautiful word instead of using this concept of virginity because we know that it is rooted within you know patriarchy it's rooted within sexual violence it's rooted within just misogyny and all these different things so it's like why should we use this term and we know very much that it's way more damaging to women than it is to men let's not lie um but you know we instead of using that you know that term maybe we should have different terms so you know sexual debut is one of them like I made my sexual debut when I was this age instead of saying I lost my virginity this idea of losing something did you did you what what did you lose what is it that you lost surely sex is about gaining rather than losing you know but yeah, those are, I said a few observations, I only made two. Um, those are a few observations that I made while like listening and editing this um, episode. What are some things that you learned? Do you agree with what we said? Do you not agree with what you said? Um, let me know. And you can let me know by following Miss Educate on social media. The information will be in the description box below. Additionally, so will the Miseducate blog where you can now listen to these episodes along with a few additional notes from yours truly. And while you're there, don't forget to add your email to the subscription list so you don't miss out on new blog posts. And lastly, continue to watch, read, listen, educate and then re-educate yourselves. And make sure to rate, review and share this podcast with a friend and tune in next time for another discussion on the miseducate podcast so long farewell and have good sex